Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville. Local Pride, Global Technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering gourmet pizzas, hot submarine sandwiches, and salads with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com. 332-4495 for delivery. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Daniel Robison, Assistant News Director here at WFIU, along with co-host Ariana Prothero. Today we're discussing this year's Lotus Festival and its impact on Bloomington. On the program today are Laura Plummer, Chair of the Lotus Board of Directors, and Michael Shermis, Vice Chair of the Board of Directors. Welcome to the program. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Before we get started, let me remind listeners they can join the program by phone at 812-855-0811 or 1-877-285-WFIU. Ask a question or make a comment. You can also send in a written question by going to our website at wfiu.org slash noonedition. You can also follow us along on Twitter. I don't know if we're doing that today. But first off, uh, uh, Michael and Laura, tell us a little bit about the history of Lotus. Uh, For those that don't know, how did it get started and how has it grown over the years? Um, Well, it actually got started about, uh, see, 15 years ago almost. I think this is our 16th. Yeah, 16 years. Um, uh, Lee Williams, the director, and a couple other um, of his friends basically uh, sat around and said, wouldn't it be cool to have a a world music festival? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, grown immensely since those days where there's just a few bands and uh, and each year it gets – Larger, more you know, not necessarily more bands, but larger in terms of quantity of people are coming, and uh, and the street they, scene has changed considerably yeah. too. Um, yeah. I've been to most of the Lotus festivals, and the very first ones were groups of uh, interested music lovers walking around fairly privately through Bloomington, and other people on the street wouldn't have known you were participating in the Lotus World Music Festival. And you know, over the last fifteen years, there's a street scene. There is, you know. How many? Ten, fifteen thousand people milling about at any one time. So um, it started as a very small notion and a very small core of dedicated volunteers who have then since broadened out into an, an organization that has a board of directors and three full time staff and uh, four hundred and fifty volunteers. And and the and the. Uh the uh, locales were just small churches and small indoor things, and now they're great big giant tents, uh, clear span tents that you know are are way different than than what it used to be. So a lot more people, a lot more larger bands too. Yeah, so. we don't use the Rose Fire Bay anymore. <laughs> it's just too small. So how did the Lotus Festival get its name? Excellent question. Um, uh, from two directions. If it, it it's sort of this beautiful melding of ideas. Um, a, a local musician from Lawrence, Green, Lawrence County, uh, Lotus Dickey, who was an old-time music uh, writer and lived at, as a musician in obscurity <laughs> um, until a group of uh, folklore – he was well-known in a small community of, of old-time musicians, but a group of folklore students who were part of that original group that started Lotus did a lot of research with him. They recorded him. They uh, – um, noted down his songs and put together a songbook, actually, the Lotus Dickey songbook. So there's this component of uh, local traditional music. But Lotus as a word, as an object, as a flower, um, also brings this notion of uh, the world, of a sort of exoticism, if you will. Um, so they sort of came together, this notion of world music and Lotus Dickey as our own musical roots here in Bloomington. Oh, that's great. That's great. <clears throat> so, it's gr- it, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, you said it started out as a pretty small gathering uh, 16 years ago. And how do you keep making it different every year? I mean, you get to your 16th one, it's probably harder to find variation on the same, you know, uh, idea. I'd, I'd say you'd be surprised that, like, there's there's so many different kinds of ways you can get I me mean, music from all over the world, but you, you you know, one time it'll be a Mexican folk band, and the next time it'll be Mexican ska with with fusion. You know, it, it so there 
you can do it all over. And, you know, each year it can vary in the kind of themes. Like, for example, this year there are more women uh, musicians ever – than ever before. And, uh, you know, there's so, sometimes you can do some of that. Other times uh, there will be like a, a Nordic component that seems to come through. So it, it, every year there's so many different variations. And, and a lot of times there's only a couple bands that are ever actually repeated each year. So it – and it's different every time. And, and it's um, – Lee Williams does the programming. The board of directors, the job Mike and, Michael and I do is fundraising primarily. So the, the program, programming is Lee Williams' uh, gig. Uh, and I think it's, again, a, a combination of factors. You know, what venues are available, what artists are traveling in the U.S. at the time, uh, who's been here and who has not. What has really changed, talk about growth, is I think Lee put together the first – uh, artists list with his friends. Um, now people send their CDs to Lee to try to get in the door. I think Lotus is now a place that artists want to play because they know it's well received. The audiences are friendly and helpful, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that the organization is is a respectful one and a good one to work with. So, uh, in that sense too, um, the availability of artists and the availability of space uh, really affect how each. Uh, Festival is configured. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hear uh, a selection. Excellent. Yeah, so um, I guess before we go into that, we're actually going to, just to let the listening audience know, we're going to do something a little different on Noon Edition today. Um, we're going to play some music, and not classical, not jazz, but some world music to give a little Lotus Festival tease. Excellent. And our first artists are Gerard Ettery and Maria Krupovis playing, and they will, they will be playing tomorrow night at 9. I believe I got that correct. All right, here they are. guys find uh, these artists? Uh, you said Lotus is so well known now that they send the CDs to Bloomington, but how do you choose which artists to pick and you know come up with such a, I guess, a, a toss salad of everything? Well, let's make it real clear. We don't choose, actually. That is all in Lee's Bellowick. The good thing about the, the, not the board is that you don't have that responsibility, mm-hmm. so you don't have to be the ones that pick. You can make suggestions, of course, but mm-hmm. Lee's the man in terms of d- determining which bands that uh, do come in, so... And he has – he worked as a booking agent for a lot of uh, well-known uh, mu- live music venues here in town in, in the 80s. Um, so it's his – it is his career. Um, and I would say he looks for a, a, a mix to f- to satisfy the needs of a really broad and diverse audience. Um, quiet sit-down music, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. We just heard some. That would be in a, a smaller venue like a church. Um, as our demographics change and get younger, I think he looks for louder dance beat uh, bands or groups or artists that are suitable to the large 500-person tents that we now have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's uh, – try- and trying to diversify in terms of you know parts of the globe and sound even. So I think it's always this incredibly complex puzzle that he puts together with so many variables. It's, it's actually the job I'm glad I don't have. <laughs> so the idea is to get many different ty- types of musicians in here uh, for any type of person that wants to come. There's something for them. Exactly. Is that the idea? Yes, and and yeah. interesting things you might not ever hear anyplace else. I'm I'm I'll, I'll confess I'm not real crazy about tuba and throat singing, but it's fascinating to see and hear, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity to hear that live. And I think that's one of the great things about the world music festivals that you need not be a lover of world music. Um, but it rewards a kind of intellectual curiosity about music generally. And, and sometimes, like like anything, you are amazed to see the best of something. So a lot of times, the acts are really well known in their country. We've never heard of them, but they are, you know, the the you know rock star in that country. Mm-hmm. And they they come and they play, and you're absolutely blown away, even though you've never seen that kind of music or heard it. And yeah, you may not like. Well, I'm not going to listen to this every day, but you're just like. Wow, when you're watching it. Well, so. now, what's some of the most mis- like obscure artists you've heard? 
music that just sort of you've well, never been introduced to before? Um, well, um, in answering sort of two, both of those questions, Rahima uh, Al Had, I think Al Haj, I think you say his name is a he plays the Iraqi oud, um, which is a for me. I'm a Midwesterner, an exotic uh, instrument. At the same time, he is really famous in parts of the world we don't have truck with most, most of the time. Um, there is a toy piano virtuoso coming, and I've never... Toy. I know that there is classical music written for toy piano, but I have never seen it performed. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it, and it's amazing. She's, she's an oh, amazing... Oh, you have good. Yeah, she's amazing. It's like, wow, to see that you can use am I, it. Am I hearing correctly, like, what's on peanuts? It's a toy, a toy piano. Yep, a toy okay. Piano. <laughs> <laughs> she actually graduated. The person that does it graduated here from IU. I did. Oh, and okay, is good. out in the world, so... Phyllis so. Chen is her yeah. name, and yeah. she's playing both nights. So yeah. celebrated alum. That's, yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, we actually have an email. Um... This person wrote in and said that I love the the Lotus Festival. I've been attending regularly for the past six years. However, I'm a college student and for the first time in six years cannot go because of the ticket price, $30. I regret this since I believe this is a hub of cultural sharing and education. You've said that your crowds are growing. What can you do to make this opportunity more affordable to everyone interested, especially college students? An excellent question. Um, Two things. Um, the costs of this festival are enormous, as one might imagine, and we have very generous sponsors locally who help share the burden. But some of that money comes from ticket prices, um, and I would—I don't think I'm telling tales out of school to say that the artists are not handsomely rewarded for their work. They are paid, but um, so it's an expensive concert, and we we appreciate the fact that it the ticket prices are. Um, what they are. A couple of things we've tried. One is the uh, Lotus in the Park event, which is free to the public, which has not only hands-on workshops, but also musical performances and a parade. Uh, So it's one of the places where the community can participate in Lotus uh, free of charge. Uh, We also have the World Spirit Concert on Sunday, which uh, provides a Three three artists or groups um, for uh, the cost of five dollars, which is a great ticket price. So that's where I would start, and it's a great place to get your feet wet. I would also say being downtown is part of being in Lotus, and you can't not participate yeah. when you're within the the mm-hmm. festival uh, perimeter. You can just hear. I mean, you can walk <clears throat> around to different uh, tents and be on the outside and hear it. So, oh, I can you... hear it from my house sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit on my front porch. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's great. Yeah. You can also climb on top of uh, uh, the parking garage. Uh, there's a parking garage yeah. you can oh, overlook I and see it for free. Yeah. yeah. So one of the other things we do as a board in our long-term planning um, is to think about ways of making the festival uh, fiscally uh, or financially as we say, self-contained so that we don't have to rely so much on sponsors and we don't have to rely so much on ticket prices. We're growing an endowment, but that takes time and donors um, with some forethought um, and foresight for the festival. So lots of things are in place to address exactly that issue. And I, I, you know, I've been a poor college student in this town and I I, I sympathize. (laughs) At the same time, I would say – I am amazed when I consider what my nieces and nephews pay to go see their favorite artists, uh, what they pay for one single artist in a concert ticket. Um, To think that the variety is offered at Lotus for $30 is pretty remarkable. Yeah, when you you think about it, it's like you're getting to hear music from all around the world, amazing performers who are famous in their own right, and they come to this, you know, town – and you get to see an amazing variety and you could literally make 15 to 20 acts if you really try to map it out and get to everything. And that's the, – the, the deal that you're getting is phenomenal for $30. So mm-hmm. got to look at it that way. <laughs> well, over the past year hasn't been the best year probably for fundraising. How has it been different this year with the, uh, with the economy the way it is? Great year to be chair, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Actually, when we met in – January to start looking at this year. Um, I was accused of being Pollyanna. Um, but I believed that those sponsors that we had locally believed in Lotus and believed in the community and what Lotus brings to the community and that we would be able to count on them for their support again this year. And that has turned out to be the case. And we it, lost a couple of big sponsors along the way, but most people stepped up. Most people. And, and I want um, to – I guess that's true. The very large sponsors reduced gifts sometimes, um, but they remained sponsors. And most of our what I call bread and butter sponsors, those who are giving between the 
$100,000 mark stayed with us, and we even actually picked up a few new ones. So we were very, very nervous um, and uh, understood that that might be uh, – might give some of our sponsors pause. But I'm delighted to say that, you know, they stuck with us and we're very, very grateful for all of them. I, I think a lot of people – um, describe Lotus to the rest of the world outside of Bloomington as the crown jewel of Bloomington and people want to be involved with that. They'll, they're more than willing to step up and give money for something like that because they know what a great draw it is and what it makes our community. So. If you want to call in, uh, the phone numbers are 812-855-0811 or 1-877-285-WFIU. You can also send in a comment or a question at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. Okay, and I think it's time maybe to go to a second music selection. Um, the second artist we're going to hear from is Kara Dillon, and she will be playing tonight and tomorrow as well. And here's a little bit of something from her. soft spot for that kind of music. Yeah. I it's love that. It's beautiful. beautiful. Now you voice. know what I do at home on a Saturday night. <laughs> oh <boy>. That's great. <laughs> that was beautiful. That, that was beautiful. Um, that brings me to the poster. I was looking at it uh, and I was really intrigued by what you guys put together this year. Uh, just for the people who can't see it right now, it's a it's a woman riding a unicycle and she's bouncing a violin on her tire and playing a tuba and uh, accordion and drinking a cup of coffee. Uh, what's the inspiration by the, just this one-man band woman? Is it sort of draw inspiration from the artists uh, coming to town? Yeah, well, e- each year an, uh, an artist is selected to actually do it. And this year it's Sam Bartlett. And uh, um, they're allowed to – I mean they have discussions with the staff about what it might look like and what it might be. And then they take the theme and and, and come up with something. And uh, – this one's brilliant. Nice. Yeah. It's a really nice one. Great T-shirt too. Yeah, oh, yeah. nice sense of whimsy. I yeah. think. Are there an influx of um, tattoos that you see around town that look like these? <laughs> I just I feel like that that could be. <laughs> I was just joking about Lotus tattoos last night. That you know maybe that that would be a fundraiser. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, uh, free advertising by the way. Right. <laughs> if it's in a visible place. <laughs> True. Um, we have a phone caller. Uh, we have Lynn on the line. Uh, Lynn, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, do you have a question? Um, yeah, I actually have a comment. I am uh, very active with the Lotus organization <laughs> through volunteerism, and I just wanted to point out that it also could be suggested to the person who doesn't want to pay the ticket price that next year they can become a Lotus volunteer, and then they also get to go to the festival free of charge because they have worked for us, and that is another option. Oh, thanks, Lynn. Good Thank point, you for Lynn. Calling thanks. In. Yeah, actually, I know quite a few people that do do that, and mm-hmm. they always find it very rewarding. Well, let's talk a little bit about the role that volunteers do play uh, in here. Because you said you only have three full-time uh, staff yeah. for the Lowe's Festival. Pretty so amazing. Everything else is done by people who are volunteering. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it, huge. I mean, besides the, the 450 volunteers that are helping run it, setting up the tents, taking tickets, selling uh, uh, merchandise, uh, you know, checking uh, bracelets as people are walking in and out. I mean, they're an amazing group of people that do really hard work. And and then, of course, there's the board itself, which is about 15 people who work all year round. Um, yeah, it's and uh, many of the volunteers begin their work. Will start again in you know maybe November if they can if they can stand it maybe in January. For instance, there are a series of committees made up of volunteers. An example would be the the Visual Arts Committee, which plans out uh, what the streetscape will look like and what kinds of uh, activities that might mean for us in our outreach programs. For instance. Um, there have been projects where it's, uh, kids have made masks one year or banners and pennants another year, and those are for participating in the festivals, uh, parades, and those kinds of things. So volunteers are working throughout the year in various ways, and then you know, 
the the thing happens uh, this time of year. And in fact, there are so many volunteers that uh, we have a, a temporary paid position to to coordinate volunteers for the festival itself. So. Yeah. It, this may be a good time to bring up about it's not just for the festival as well. There's more than the festival. We right. also do a, a program called Lotus Blossoms, which I can work and explain. And that has volunteers for it as well. Lotus Blossoms is our educational outreach program, uh, part of the education and arts uh, in our name. And uh, because it's the Lotus Education and Arts Foundation that runs the festival, that uh, runs the Blossoms program. And what uh, Blossoms does primarily is bring a series of artists into town in the spring. Well, it's mostly winter, really. Uh, and then with partnerships from other surrounding public schools, they those artists go and, and perform in local elementary schools primarily, though some high schools and also um, at Meadowood sometimes and places. Um, those schools have – in, grown in number and now uh, we serve a five-county area, I believe, Monroe, uh, Morgan, Owen, Green, Brown. Oh, Owen Lawrence, that's yeah, six. That's <laughs> yeah. that's so, um, area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, I can't count very well and that's not in alphabetical order either. But um, <laughs> anyway, so these artists are all, always selected for having um, a sense of interaction to their performance and to work well with children. And so, for instance, last year we had Ken, Kevin Locke, who's a Lakota um, hoop dancer and he teaches the children to sing in Lakota and he teaches several students how to uh, hoop dance. Well, I'd happily do that. Uh, and it's <laughs> just do that at IU. <laughs> it's fa- and he did a talk at IU actually too at the Mathers Museum. But it's just fascinating and just really heartwarming to watch a whole – and you remember assemblies, right, when the whole school comes into the cafeteria? Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, or into the gym rather and uh, to see them singing all together and they're, uh, it's just really spectacular. And for some of these students um, – it's the only music programming that comes into their school outside whatever is in within their uh, within their school system. I, I, um, I served as a, a liaison. The board members are allowed to serve as a liaison. We get to drive the uh, band around to these different play, the different schools. And I went down to uh, Bedford uh, School in Lawrence County and uh, with a Korean couple who played the most unusual sets of different kinds of instruments. They were just phenomenal to watch. And to watch the kids a lot to be, see these, you know, unusual instruments and watch them get into it, and you know, a couple of times they're allowed to be brought up on stage and, and play with it was just fascinating. You could just see they're all rapt attention and their eyes big, and they were just major excited about well, it. Well, sure, it yeah, beats fun. the heck out of math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and here locally, uh, Blossoms also has a bazaar. Uh, on Friday, usually in March, um, all fourth graders in the Monroe County School Corporation come uh, for a musical performance and that's uh, uh, at Binford. And we transform the gym there into a, a bazaar, as it were, and students have little passports. Um, they walk from station to station to learn about music and food and, uh, you know, textiles and you know, agriculture, all kinds of things, um, and all of these things are mapped to the state curriculum as well. Uh, so, like I said, we've seen lots of generations now of fourth graders, and uh, that's fun. And then on Saturday, it's open to the public, so another huge group of students come. Uh, and to then participate. One day there'll be future lotus goers and maybe even the board <laughs> Absolutely. Members. You know, I think we're getting get them into I, the system early. Right? Yeah. I think we're getting to that point. I mean, if they're how old are you in fourth grade? Eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Soon that will we'll reach that, that threshold. <clears throat> well, what, can you speak a little bit more about just the, the, the educational mission of, of bringing in someone from South Korea, from anywhere to, you know, to uh, people who are eight years old? What, what do you hope they get out of it? An excellent question. Um, Lou Ann Holliday, who's the assistant director of the, of Lotus, um, wrote a book several years ago through the IU Press. There's a little plug um, called uh, the subtitles "Bringing the World to Bloomington." So the notion is that in this small town, uh, students can actually, or students, <laughs> I mean anybody younger than me, I guess, um, can can see performers and uh, and art. Uh, artists, uh, visual artists of uh, from different countries and who are of different religions and colors and ethnicities and dress, um, that they're visually and orally very different from what we may run into here. And I think that that's 
just being exposed to that, I think, has its own value. Um, I think it also rewards a kind of curiosity in those kids who have um, who may be, uh, you know, curious but un- unaware of how to connect to things like that 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 interest them. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's important in that way. One cool aspect too is that think of it the other way around. It's a uh, it's kind of nice knowing that uh, we're portraying an image of. Indiana and the cornfields to people from around the world when they come and see here and go, wow, you know, really nice people, great receptive crowds, lively interactions, all these other different bands from all over the world because they frequently get a chance to interact together. And uh, that's always nice to know that we're giving a good image to the rest of the world. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always hope that students, uh, kids who see this, I mean, think about the world as a place to go to, to travel to. As well as, you know, it doesn't always just come to you, but you can now perhaps reach out and go someplace else, which I think is, you know, then we become ambassadors for our own culture. You might inspire kids not only to, you know, go to that country or play that kind of music or Mm -hmm. instruments, and that's a nice thing too. Or get into throat singing perhaps. There you are. And, you know, I'm trying to – I have friends who have a son who who plays the violin and I keep trying to – talk him into playing the nickel harpa like the um one of the artists in vessen who was our uh kickoff concert artist last night um the nickel harpa being a swedish instrument i don't think many people play in the u.s so um we'll see if that works you could be the best one in bloomington mm-hmm. there you are <laughs> well we're going to take a quick break uh we'll be back uh, here in a minute on in addition Listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, Smithville Telephone Information at Smithville.net, and from Mother Bear's Pizza at MotherBearsPizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting south-central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45. Hi, welcome back to Noon Edition. Today we're discussing this year's Lotus Festival and its impact on Bloomington and the surrounding uh, community here in south-central Indiana. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, please call in. It's 855-0811 locally or if you're out of that, if you don't want to pay a toll, that's one eight seven seven two eight five 285 wfiu Also, you can put in a question at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. Okay. So first off, we have a new, another email. Um, this emailer says, the only thing better than an evening of world music is world music with a selection of world cuisine. <laughs> Are there any plans to make available traditional world foods at the festival? Good question. We have- <laughs> <laughs> Not currently. The, the, I mean, there are, uh, we currently have Blooming Foods g- helps out with a lot of the, the catering and stuff like that. But we don't have planned at this point. That uh, adds a, a lot more logistics. Well, maybe this emailer would be uh, willing to volunteer. (laughs) At the same time, I think one of the things that's great about the location of uh, Lotus, which is in in the urban core, as it were, right downtown, is that we are so close to all of the restaurants within walking distance, particularly 4th Street, though I don't want to exclude other restaurants that are in uh, other streets. So you can sort of do that yourself. And it was a really interesting comment that one of the the artists from Vessen last night made – I think it might have even been in the paper that other world music festivals are often uh, dispersed. You have to travel quite a bit of distance between venues. And so there isn't this the street scene and, and the pedestrian-friendly notion that you can walk from the tent, the Soma tent, if you will, or the Monroe Bank tent, uh, down to 4th Street and have some Indian food or some Tibetan food and then walk back. Um, so we hope that uh, we hope that participants do that. 
you know, to to make it a kind of a full full press experience of not just music but food this and visual I, arts. This year I went to a, a world music festival down in in Louisville, and and uh, it, it's all about food and not ah. as much music, and so. The, the music was definitely lower quality than what you get here in, in Bloomington, although you could eat well. So, you know, so mm-hmm. I guess there's trade-offs too. Yeah, it's so. a matter of priority. Yeah. And, yeah. and some of the local restaurants do put out street vending um, during the festival, so that is a possibility too. It's not – it is not orchestrated by Lotus, but it's I'm part sure of they the, love you guys. Oh, yeah. It's got to be a great time <laughs> of year for them. I think it is a good weekend. Yeah. I, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean for them. Yeah. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I forgot to reintroduce you guys when we came back from the break, so let me do that. Today we're talking to Laura Plummer, who's chair of the Lotus Board of Directors, and Michael Shermas, who's vice chair. And I think right now we're going to go to uh, another song. Uh, who's this, Ari? Um, yes, uh, the next sample is from Kenobi and Soul Beat Africa, and they will be playing tonight and tomorrow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's time to party. It's time to dance. In the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I'm going to the Caribbean. Oh. I'm going to the Caribbean. Think that Johnny Depp could make the Caribbean sound much better, but that was great. <laughs> and you can imagine that in a big tent with a lot of people dancing. Oh, I was Just, ready to it'll dance. be fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, when you're bringing all these different artists together from all over the world, is it tough to, to balance all the, the cultural sensitivities of it all, or to know that you're pronouncing their name right and that sort of thing? It is, and you saw how I, I butchered a few earlier. So there you are. <laughs> um, uh, it is, and yet I think that the the spirit of the whole the whole weekend, well, or the whole year, and all of it, is that of being open and welcoming. And so I think when your mm-hmm. attitude is like that, you don't get artists who are you know a little annoyed that you used a longy instead of a shorty in their name. Um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of it is intention, and our intentions are good. And mm-hmm. I think that that comes across. We do try, of course, you know, and we. Write out little phonetic things. We we were always talking about how exactly to pronounce Vessen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we get Vessen, Vassen, Vassen, somewhere in between the first two, I think. But uh-huh. not being a Scandinavian, you know, not being Swedish. I'm, how many I'm kind artists? of at a loss. How many artists? I mean, how many names do you have to memorize and learn how to pronounce? <laughs> I mean, how, how big of a task is this? It's usually like twenty-five to thirty or so. So. Um, Do you make note cards? <laughs> I have a vocab list. Yeah, fortunately, we don't have to introduce them all oh, at once. Oh, so. That's true. And typically, part of the job of the, the staff and the uh, volunteers is to produce notes for people who introduce groups, right? So a lot of that gets done in the in the office ahead of time, which is good. Okay. Well, um, so let's talk a little bit about the impact of Lotus on the community. Um, so obviously, we're in a recession, what kind of impact does an event like this have on the local economy? Does Lotus bring in a lot of out-of-town spenders? Does I mean, how does that work? We do, and I think that that's one of the reasons why we have the support of the Bloomington Entertainment and Arts District um, because Bloomington is part of the, the arts tourism uh, whatever you want, complex that brings people to Bloomington in terms – and I, I think it's really important to think about it. It's not just the people who eat at restaurants who are local or who stop in and you know buy something on, on Kirkwood on their way down to the festival. But people do travel from out of town. Um, they stay in hotels. Those people who live here have friends who stay in hotels. Um, the artists stay in hotels <laughs> and they eat in local restaurants. Um, not to, you know, Plus people buy gasoline and all kinds of things. So uh, it – we are. We will never compete with you know a whole um, football um, season. But for a week, for one weekend, one weekend, one year, um, Lotus really does bring in quite a bit of uh, tourist dollars, as well as just attention to Bloomington as an arts destination. Mm-hmm. Do you try to promote uh, this concert throughout the Midwest, throughout the country? Uh, how do you draw attention, draw people from you know all over the country and all over the world? to here? Do you advertise other places, that sort of thing? There's not as much advertising as, as various ways to get the word out through, you know, uh, uh, 
like the state tourism board and mm-hmm. uh, they had actually went to the state fair this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they, they uh, a lot of publicity, um, just, you know, press releases and things like that. And we're so. through the Bloomington Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, I think so that new media, new social media is really changing how this all happens. You know, there are now fans of Lotus on Facebook. Um, you can now, and it's been fabulous. Now you can actually see an artist list from the Lotus World Music Festival and listen to some of their music uh, on the internet, which is pretty remarkable because all of these artists have websites and they put their music up there for you to listen to. So we bring um, – there are bands that have followings, you know, and they bring some of those folks with them. We also have um, – it, it, it's word of mouth and you can sort of see it growing. There's, a, I won't, there's another large Midwestern uh, university that has a group of students that always come in a big old bus. Some – a couple hundred of them I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have groups of high school students from, from southern Indiana who come and actually there's some special programming for them about you know, how the festival works and, and about world music and dance. You know, what, you know, what do you do when you're in one of the dance tents? And, um, so those things tend to grow an audience as well and we're not in control of it and we're not paying advertising dollars for it but, uh, but it, it moves out that way. And, and after the festival, we always talk about I know somebody who came from – and then it's like how far away can you get? And each year it's getting further away and more and more people from all over the country and even all over the world. So, so who – right now, what's the furthest away somebody's come from? Wow. Uh, I heard somebody came from somewhere in China once. So. To see this. Well, that's yeah. really far away. Other <laughs> <laughs> well, side of the world. <laughs> Maybe they dug a hole here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you keep mentioning all these different things going on with Lotus, not just the music, but uh, the the booths and everything else. Logistically, what's it like trying to get all this stuff together and get all the artists f- to fly in and, and come to Bloomington <laughs> for this one event, everything on t- running on time, and you're using mostly volunteers. So logistically, how much of this is a challenge? Yes. <laughs> big, big. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it's yeah, the logistics of the thing are just staggering, and and there are so many things behind all that. We you know, how do you travel with instruments that are worth tens of thousands of dollars? <laughs> sure. How do you get them from Bloomington or from the airport to Bloomington, assuming they've arrived on time? Um, how do you deal with visas for artists who are coming to the U.S.? Now, typically, many of them are here already, um, travel doing tours in the U.S., but. Um, yeah, the complexity of the thing is staggering. And, it, and when you see it from that perspective, and I'm, I don't mean to harp on it, but it is remarkable that we do it for the money we do it for. Mm-hmm. You know? um, well, do we have uh, another song, Ari? Yeah, actually, and this is the um, disputed pronunciation song um, <laughs> <laughs> from the group Vesson. That's the one I'm going to go with. Um, and this is a sample of last night's kickoff act. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all right. Here it is. told that they're a very popular group that has appeared at Lotus Festival several years in a row now. Um, what are some of the, your more popular repeat acts that sort of have become almost a, 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 a statue here? Three words, Balkan beatbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were a group that were brought back three years in a row because they were immensely popular with the college crowd. And they, they were uh, the highest energy group, I think, no, I've, I've ever seen yeah. a concert anywhere. They were force. diving off the stage and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. You have an ambulance in the nearby. <laughs> you know, as a board member, it does make you take a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't climb on that. Yeah. Um, and at the same time yet, I think uh, part of the – and Vesson has been back 
uh, I think they have performed in Bloomington six, six, six times, times in 16 years. Um, they're a band that's been together 20 years, I think. Um, at the same time, I think there's a real imp- – I think there's a real impetus to not bring bands back repeatedly but part of, because part of the notion of Lotus is to continually mix it up and to continually bring new artists forward. Um, so it, there's a balance between – but there are some favorites that you know, um, I think – Balkan beatbox would fill a you know a thousand person tent every year if mm-hmm. we really wanted to do that. Are they back this year? Uh, no, they are not. Uh-huh. However, um, one of the a group that was here last year that is repeating this year is Little Cow, which is Hungarian uh, fusion ska oh, gypsy. Yeah, great. <laughs> great, you know, um, yeah, they're on our high iPod. Energy. Yeah, high energy. Just so the the notion is that sometimes it's uh, it is the experience that's addictive too. You know, a big beautiful grab-you-in-their-arms kind of dance group will do it. doesn't have to be Balkan beatbox. It can be Hungarian fusion. Exactly. <laughs> I love all the adjectives I'm hearing today. Yeah. <laughs> some pile them on. <laughs> if you have a question or a comment, uh, please call in. It's 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 1-877-285-WFIU. Well, at the end of the weekend uh, on Sunday, uh, when this is all over, when you've pulled it off uh, – what do you hope people at the end of the week and what do you hope they say? What, what experience do you hope they had? That's a good question. Like mostly just wow. What an experience being able to take in that many different kinds of bands and that kind of music and I'm going to go out and get that kind of music or hear that kind of music again and and just you know the connections over. That's one thing about it when you're walking around the festival too is you see a lot of people that you know around Bloomington and it's, it's a great bonding experience. So that they had a good time, saw their friends, saw – Heard some good music. That's, that's what you And that there's some moment that they just yeah. remember as being particularly moving or exciting or new or different or challenging even. Um, you know, that they have a story to share. I think that's, that's what I'd want. Um, I wanted also to say that I wanted to remind everybody also a free event is our fe- uh, festival parade Saturday, which is at 8 o'clock. Yeah. That's great. They have the uh, EE Magic Circus uh, marching band as well as the uh, Dragon Knights. They're still walkers. Um, That's uh, incredible. Dragon Knights, still walkers. Can you describe that for our listening audience? (laughs) That sounds uh, intriguing. Yeah, they they get on stilts and are walking around and they – (laughs) <laughs> you know, hang go through the kids and under under tall things, and it's uh, it's amazing. To- Highly performative, yeah. and and our own homegrown Jefferson Street Marching Band. Uh, we had a very popular band that was here for two festivals: uh, the March Fourth Marching Band, <laughs> which is not your not your high school marching band. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> but they so inspired a group of local musicians that they've they've formed their own marching band. They're fabulous. They were with us in the Fourth of July parade. And we were sandwiched between the Dark Carnival uh, uh, film film folks who were riding costumed in a hearse and uh, <laughs> and our own marching band. And we were, I thought, just the really fabulous part of the 4th st- uh, yeah, of July I, I concur. Parade. It was <laughs> so Jefferson Street will be back again too. So that's exciting. We'll be, playing, uh, be doing tonight. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, we have another uh, phone caller on the line. Uh, Beth, do you have a question, Beth? Hi there. Um, I wanted to talk and ask you also to talk a lot more about the the synergy um, between Lotus and this particular community. And one of the things that I, I just love about Lotus is that um, it not only brings a lot to Bloomington, but Bloomington and IU bring a lot to Lotus as well. And I, I think per, particularly of the number of nonprofit organizations that have been involved in the arts project, yes. the number of faculty who bring, you know, regional expertise, um, and even the fact that there are some industries here, for instance, Rock, Paper, Scissors does promotion for uh, seven or eight, I think, of the groups that are in this year's festival. So um, if I'm forgetting anything, please, please do talk more about that as well. Thank you. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Um, you're absolutely right that there is a, <laughs> you know, it takes a, it takes a, village to raise a world music festival. <laughs> um, and we rely not on, on Indiana University Bloomington, not only as a sponsor, um, but also as, um, for instance, um, one of our performers, uh, uh, Srivanas Krishnan and, and Madras. Uh, Srivanas is actually a local uh, member of the Bloomington and IU community, but also a, a, a fabulous musician in his own right. So we have those kinds of contributions that come through. It's really quite amazing, I think, and 
any one of us who touches the organization touches only a small part of it. To understand the whole is uh, really staggering. Yeah, and we also have like several of the different centers on campus, like the yeah. Center for the Study of Global Change, the Inter-Asian Neuralic National Resource Center, um, and, and several others like that. They also uh, make sure that they try to get music that's uh, appealing to their uh, you know uh, their constituents, and so uh, they bring frequently bring. We work with them to bring in bands that will be of uh, of interest. To, mm-hmm. And uh, there, there are. Um, for instance, the the Hutton Honors College often um, has some sort of it changes interaction with uh, an artist, um, which is really great. Bringing an artist onto campus, um, and very often, you know, many of our volunteer. Um, that's what I always find fascinating about my work with Lotus is I realize I walk into a room and I know half the people there from some other part of my life, either at work at mm-hmm. IU or some other volunteer experience I have in town or, you know, we sit in the dentist's office together, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Well, let's go back to the phones. We have uh, a phone call from Michael. Michael, you there? Yes. Uh, I have a, a brief question and comment. It's about the advertising. Um, I'm just a casual um, attender of the uh, Lotus Festival from time to time. And this year I don't have – I have uh, guests visiting from out of town, so I uh, can't attend uh, very many of the events. But I was trying to find events at certain times when my guests and I might be free. And so I turned to the grid um, that was published in the Herald Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I picked up the um, uh, advertising flyer at the visitor center and they have the same grid uh, showing which acts are performing when, uh, but the grid only covers Friday and Saturday. And the first few times I scanned this, I thought the festival only ran on Friday and Saturday. Uh, then in, through the newspaper articles, I saw there were acts on Thursday and Sunday. I went back to the grid, <laughs> couldn't find them, and you know, if you look closely, you'll find mention of the Thursday and Sunday events scattered around in the advertising. But my question is, why aren't they in the grid for people, casual observers like myself, who are quickly trying to find what's going on and where it's going on so they can pinpoint uh, things at certain times and certain places? Thanks, Michael. Thank you. An excellent question. Um the the grids as and that I love that you use the term of art that we use as <laughs> a sort of you know, the grid um, represent the Friday and Saturday night events, which are uh, the show what we call the the showcase uh, events. Friday and Saturday can be ticketed separately, or you can buy a wristband for the whole weekend. Um, the Thursday night concerts are separately ticketed. That is, one buys a separate ticket for the Gvesson concert and then for the Little Cow concert that was at uh, the Bluebird following that. And the Sunday World Music uh, World Spirit uh, fe- concert is also separately ticketed. So I think part of it is trying to be clear in our advertising that what is in the grid is what's covered by a wristband and the other things require another trip to the box office. Does that make sense? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. It, well, it it make yeah I understand and from your viewpoint it makes a lot of <laughs> sense, <laughs> but I, I ask you to keep in mind the naive uh, casual observer who's just trying to find out what's going on. Right, right. Uh, so to a person like myself, the fact that the events are separately ticketed is irre- irrelevant. I know it's important to you, but it's not important <laughs> to a lot well, of readers. Well, it's important to us because we don't want people to misunderstand that you know to show up and and think that they have a ticket. Thank you, Michael, for calling in. Uh, I mentioned – or you mentioned earlier in the program that uh, a lot of these artists coming to town are big rock stars in their own countries and very well known. But they're coming to Bloomington you know, and a lot of people don't know who they are. So um, do you see a lot of uh, rock star-like behavior out of these artists (laughs) when they're in town? Is there uh, bad behavior? No. It would be be fun to have a story to tell you of some outrageous thing. But we don't. They're they're great. They – uh, we get to act as liaisons frequently to them and, and, and meet them and help them out. And they're all so uh, warm and engaging and friendly and, and all that. So. And I think one of the things that they enjoy is meeting one another. Mm-hmm. 
right? That they actually have opportunities um, once they're done performing to actually meet other uh, people who are of equal stature in their own countries and they share all kinds of musical connections they didn't even know about. No, I, I think that the and the the whole while Lotus is high energy, it is not, and it is. Um, it, it's a lot of work. It's not high maintenance, <laughs> if you want to mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. No, I, we don't see that at all, um, which is one of the beauties of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll can check the uh, arrest log of the Herald Times. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone you've given a big break to? Uh, like as in they became more famous? More famous or especially well, a local artists. The, the Balkan who's... beatbox, as I mentioned earlier, they're now – Cost more than we can afford, <laughs> so they got more famous so by coming here. How that you did too good of a job. Yeah. <laughs> that's a catch twenty two. Do you have a, a CD or anything? Do you ever put out a CD that's the best of Lotus? There are samplers from each year's um, music festival. Yes, and those. Correct me if I'm wrong. Should be available in merchandise tent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. Can people buy that after the festival is over? And during. And during. During. Mm -hmm. During, Yeah, yeah, there is a merchandise tent. And a lot of the artists sell their CDs there too. Mm -hmm. On the 30 seconds uh, left that we have, um, is Lotus to you sort of a kickoff to fall? I know fall is kind of a beautiful time around here. Do you guys hold it uh, now for a reason? Uh, It has a lot to do with football games and when they're being held. (laughs) (laughs) Um, seriously, I mean, and we're back to that, uh, you know, uh, arts and entertainment district trying to draw tourist dollars, if it were, yeah, that we don't compete with other major. And we're events. also, just real quick, we're also a part of a, a Midwest music consortium. So there's other world music festivals going on okay. in Chicago and Madison and elsewhere that we're also booking jointly with. And, and so that's another issue. Right. Um, and we have a joint NEA grant. That brings in some money for to support those artists that we share. Mm-hmm. Well, we're out of time. Thanks uh, so much for coming on the show, especially on such short notice. Oh, we well, thank it. you for having us. Yeah, and great. I hope to see you at the festival this weekend. Yeah. yeah, is there a website people should go to to find out about it? Uh, www.lotusfest.org. Okay. And Ari, we got what, what we have coming up next week? Oh, next week, our very popular fall gardening program with Helen May and Don Anderson. So, All right. Tune in uh, this time next week for that show. For Ariana Prothero, engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Daniel Robison. Thank you for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering pizzas, pasta dinners, and wings with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery.